you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. What's going on, you fantasy freaks and geeks? I'm James Coe. You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Joined alongside an oatmeal-eating, yogurt-eating, MG Marcus Grant in the house. What's it's up? early, man. Like You know, we're doing this earlier and earlier every every week, it seems like, so I got to get the breakfast in. I know. You know what? Dare say not cool. Dare say. <laughs> what, him eating his breakfast or us having to do this earlier and earlier? Us having to do this earlier and earlier. I know. I got, today, I got up at 5 in the morning today. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how I feel. About, actually, I do know how I feel about that. I feel not great. <laughs> I feel not great about that. I was, Marcus and I have had this discussion before. For some reason, fantasy has become like the redheaded stepchild around here. What do you mean? Just, wait, wait, wait. Become? <laughs> yeah, I mean, more, more I've been apparent. here a long time, dude. It, 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 more it's, apparent. It's always been. Despite all our great metrics and all our fantastic fans and the people that play the game and watch the show. So we just keep getting shoved around here. So whatever, we'll we'll put up with it. We'll fight. We'll put out great content. Tweet at NFL Commish. Help us, <laughs> help us out. I'm sure Roger will read those <laughs> tweets. Oh yeah, diligently. Uh, you heard the uh, magical voice of uh, the fabulous one. Magical. Fa- wow. Yes, absolutely. Thank Michael Fabiano, the Hall of Famer, in the house as well, and the man behind the glass, helping us produce everything here, uh, and really the the straw that stirs the drink. Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> Reggie Jackson. Uh, no, that would be Alex Gilhar, oh, okay. the whiz kid from Wisconsin. What's up, man? Not too much. Uh, I've got some coffee here. It was weird this morning, though, waking up to come into the podcast because at my apartment, I can see Nakatomi Plaza from Die Hard. <laughs> yes. And normally it's illuminated as the sun is rising behind it. Sure. Pitch, pitch black today. Oh. So I hope John McClain's all right. Over I used there. to live right by there, and uh, that's I would call it my Nakatomi walk because yeah. I would have walked past uh, that building. My balcony overlooks Century City and Nakatomi Plaza is just standing right there. So every every morning or whenever I leave, I'm like, ah, there it is. So that means yeah. when, if you, when and if you have a get-together at your apartment, when people walk in, you have to yell, welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is actually correct. <laughs> I was not expecting that this morning. An That's interesting good. discussion we jumped into. I like it. Um, all right, let me get around the, the to the Twitter handles as well. Of course, follow uh, the NFL Fantasy Twitter handle, at NFL Fantasy. 
Uh, Alex Gelhar can be found at at Alex Gelhar, G-E-L-H-A-R, mm -hmm. I believe is the Twitter handle. That is uh, it. Although I'm lobbying for him to change his Twitter handle. I'm lobbying to change it to The Wiz. Uh, I'm at James D. Co. spelled K-O-H, at Marcus, Gr or Marcus G. Yep. Marcus with an A interesting A spelling. M-A-R-C-A-S. My parents and, uh, have doomed me to a lifetime of misspelled mail. <laughs> and <laughs> at Michael underscore Fabiano. There you go. Uh, are your Twitter handles to follow. And, of course, go to the website, NFL.com slash fantasy. All right, let's get right into the top. Let's do headlines, it. Headlines, Wiz. All right, the top headlines, and we start on Thursday night. Where else? Denver at KC. Peyton, Peyton Manning, man, he had himself a good fantasy day. But if you watch the game itself, did it answer any of the reservations you had about Peyton Manning? Nope, none at all. Nope. Dude, it, <laughs> it, was, it was his first game with more than 15 fantasy points uh, since week 12 of last year, including the playoffs. So basically he's had one good game. Uh, in his last seven. Um, Good is a relative term. And, Marcus and I were talking before right. we came in here. He threw like seven interceptable balls. I, right, that, he did. that bounced a couple other ways, yep. it's a slobber knocker, and he has like ten points again. Yep. If that. I think if that. Uh, the beneficiary, of course, was Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, he just went crazy. Yeah, and, and you've also got to give some credit to Demarius Thomas. He made some catches. Unbelievable. Where yeah. the ball could have been uh, intercepted. Easily. Or tipped, so at least. His you know, receiver saved him some somewhat last night. I'll agree with that. And, and you know, um, I'll say this. I, I will give Peyton credit there, though, because the fact that he's like, you know what, man? This is the only way we're going to make plays. I, yeah. I'm just going to have to throw it up. Shotgun, no huddle. And, and we're going to have to throw it up there. And you know what, guys? Just go and make a play. Do you just think after the play. game, Kubiak came up to him and said, all right, forget about being under center. Just go in the shotgun. Well, you know, because he's not – I mean, he's never been the most mobile guy. But I'll tell you what was really telling for me um, – and, again, he's always kind of sort of had happy feet. He's had very uh, active feet. I don't, yes. don't want to say happy feet, but active feet. He's always had very active feet. And the thing with Peyton Manning, and, and uh, that first, quote, unquote, sack that he took where he literally just fell down because he's like, you That's know a what? business decision. That was, he was going to <laughs> yeah. be a sack. Why take the hit? I, was it, though? I mean, look, the Peyton Manning of old, I think, would have tried to stand in there and maybe try to take a throw. And at the very last second, if the guy gets on him, all right, he's going to go down. But, man, the guy just hit the turf and said, you know what, dude, I'm done. Yeah, but it's not Peyton Manning of old. It's old Peyton Manning. Right, so exactly. That's, that's why he just laid down. The one thing I looked at just watching that game last night, and at some point probably in the second quarter I said to myself, this offense is in trouble. because In trouble. They, they can't run the ball, at least not right now. I mean, we were talking before the show, uh, you know, C.J. Anderson in two games has, what, 24 carries, 56 yards so aye, far this aye, season. Aye. Yep. Um, you know, Peyton, aye, aye, Peyton aye. still looks sketchy. Uh, the defense, obviously, in terms of actual football, is keeping them in games, and the defense looks like a, a great fantasy play right now. Absolutely. But, but offensively, this offense is in a lot of trouble right now. Um, Demarius Thomas, I think, as a trickle-down effect, is he in trouble as well? No, I, I don't think so, especially after what we saw last night. He's good enough to make plays even when Peyton Manning might not be the most accurate quarterback. Because, as I just mentioned, 
there were a few plays last night where Peyton just threw it up, and Demarius came down with it, despite the fact that he w was defended by one or two players. What was so, Demarius's final line? Like eight for one sixteen, I think. So he had yeah. one sixteen. Fifty-five or more of it came in one drive. Fourteen targets. Um, yep. And so I, again, Alex, you were mentioning it. If this was one of those games that got away real quick, if a couple of those balls were intercepted, and one could have been another pick six. Yeah, the one that was that tipped. I think Marcus Peters tipped exactly. it, and then I think might have been Ron Parker, one of the other safeties, try, was trying to grab yeah. it out of the air and beeline to the end zone and missed it by like a hair. It's so funny too because you know I'm watching the game with um, with my wife, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, how does she? How does that guy not intercept that?" I'm like, "Listen, there's a reason they're playing defense." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If if he was adept at catching that ball, but no, really though. I mean, that really could have been another pick six, and and I'm thinking thinking of game flow here. If that was another pick, six, if this game got totally out of control, does Demarius make those plays late in the game? I don't know if he does. He could have easily, in my mind, finished the game with 60 yards. Probably. It was looking that way for a long time. Yeah, probably. By the way, I, I know we don't talk a lot of IEPs on this show, but I would say that after two weeks, Marcus Peters. Legit. Uh, looking solid. I mean, he Get had the, the pick six Legit. last night. Had yeah, pick, uh, yeah. First game. I mean, yeah. for, if, for all you out there playing in IDP leagues, look at Marcus Peters if he's still available. Yeah, I, I think you've brought up a great point in terms of uh, fantasy defenses. Denver's defense, man. Holy cow. They're getting after it. They're yeah. looking nasty. Yep. Um, so they look great. Uh, so they're uh, they're definitely, uh, if they haven't been added, they probably already have. But if they're, if they're on the waiver wire, they're definitely worth an add. Oh, by the way, speaking of, uh, we never give kickers love on the show, but Brandon McManus is starting to look like like the real deal well, when, as well. When your offense can't get into the end zone, you're going to score a lot That's of great. points. That's <laughs> great. And honestly, typically, the I mean, if you remember Connor Barth yeah. last year, he was really good in fantasy, and then they released him, uh, and they, they kept McManus, and he is reaping the benefits. Uh, I, would, I mean, he's got eight games uh, in Denver. In thin air. Right? Uh, so, you, you know, he's not – and we saw in week one, too, him knocking down 50 yarders like they were going out of style. But, you know, it, at KC, too, though, uh, they had no problems lining him up for a 55 – or what was it, a 56-yarder Right. Yeah. he hit? Well, and he was originally – I mean, Fab talked about Connor Barth being there. McManus was on the roster as their kickoff specialist. He was the guy who could boom the kickoffs through the end zone. So he obviously has the leg, and now if he adds the accuracy to it, it's going to be great. And I'm just – I'm looking forward to the day the NFL puts the team in Mexico City so we have another thin-air kicker <laughs> that we can draft. Jeez. Or they could put him in, uh, what, Albuquerque? Is Albuquerque Albuquerque is elevated as well. Right, yes. So there you go. I, uh, don't, I don't believe the Albuquerque franchise will be happening anytime soon. And I just feel bad. <laughs> for Jamal Charles in this game, too, because he, 100%. he played his tail off and 100%. looked amazing, and he had the fumble in the red zone, and then he had the fumble at the end, and it's yeah. just like, ugh. Yeah, also, as a, as a Kelsey owner, I was like, let's go. One more drive. Let's get <laughs> some points. Speaking of the Chiefs, what did I tell you about Jeremy Macklin? It's coming true. Two games, he's done nothing. I really thought this was going to be the week. They the would curse of Andy Reid when I, it comes to wide receivers. I really thought this would be the week they would throw a touchdown pass to a receiver. Well, I they tried to have happening. him throw a touchdown pass, which was baffling. Baffling. But uh, I think part of it, too, is this week it was the curse of Chris Harris and Aqib Tlaib, one of the best cornerback tandems in well, the Well, what was it last week? How about that? Uh, <laughs> it was uh, 5.2 points last week, 5.2 points this week. J.J. Watt. It was J.J. Watt. He was everywhere. J.J. Watt was covering. He was just everywhere. <laughs> Jeremy Macklin hasn't, hasn't seen his talents decline in, in less than a year. He's in Andy Reid's offense, and Alex Smith is his quarterback. Bottom line, you can't start him uh, as more than a three, and even then you're rolling the dice until – he turns it around, or uh, oh, Andy Reid starts targeting it, him some more. I think if Jeremy Macklin's your three, I think you're in pretty good shape. I mean, he's—you're he, right. He's 
a, a three right now, but boy, he's got he's a three with tremendous upside. Uh, he's faced two. The Chiefs have have faced two really tough defenses. I I tend to agree. I, I think he's got. Look, I get it. Andy Reid has not necessarily. Wait, the been, Texans gave up like twenty four fantasy points to Alex Smith. I mean, yeah, because, yeah, but, because you know, Travis Kelsey just stomped all over. Okay, that. but against their defense. And they had that blown coverage against Kelsey. Okay, but that's their defense. <laughs> yeah, but they locked up Macklin, and Kelsey reaped the reward. I would say that, look, Houston's got a very good real-life defense. Uh, whether or not they're giving up fantasy points is, you know, I, I'm just saying they, they faced off two, against two very good defenses. I'd like to see them, the Chiefs, uh, when they face, you know, a, a, a defense with, not a J.J. Watt or an Aqib Tlaib or something like that, see how he performs. But well, I, I agree with you. Right now he's a he's a wide receiver three, but I think he's got tremendous upside. Well, it's going to be a couple weeks for that because next week they are on the road at Green Bay. Week after that they're on the road in Cincinnati. But week five. No, Green Bay can be had. Yeah, I think Green Bay can be had. Maybe. Um, but then in week five, the Bears come to Arrowhead State. Hello. That's a good play. Start your Jeremy Macklin's in week five. All right, so there we go. Uh, what's the final verdict here on Peyton Manning? Uh, more confidence, less confidence, about the same, which yeah, is not a not about a the lot same. Uh, maybe a little less. Well, because <laughs> a little less. what Marcus and I were talking about too. Yeah. He's already thrown like eighty-five passes this year, and the whole point of Gary Kubiak in this offense was to keep him not not to use that expression pitch count, but to like not have him throw himself out before week fourteen again. Right. And here he is just slinging it all over the place. So I have concerns about him moving forward. If I'm a Manning owner, which I'm not in any of my leagues, right. If I was, to our listeners, I would go and try and find, trade for, or pick up a solid second option and keep him on your bench. I think part of the big, the big issue right now is because they cannot run the football. I mean, my, my thought coming into the season was that you were going to see a lot more C.J. Anderson, right? maybe some Ronnie Hillman the first exactly. few weeks, to try and keep Peyton fresh for that playoff run in November, December. But because they haven't been able to move the ball on the ground, then it has fallen on Peyton's arm to, to try to make things happen there. And I, it's just it's a bad situation. I think when C.J. Uh, by the way, this is the last point I'll make. But <clears throat> C.J. Anderson, when he got a little space, I thought he still looked fine. I, I, di- I didn't have a, any problem with um, with the way he was running. He ran still decisively north south as much as he could. It's just that the line wasn't really giving him the the, the openings to, to kind of get in there. I was really excited about C.J.A. Um, coming into the season because of the whole Gary Kubiak thing and because Peyton was was starting to age a little bit, you, you figured he, he was going to get a lot of the looks. He has gotten a lot of carries and a lot of looks. It's just nothing's materialized. Anyways, we move on. In H-Town, the Houston Chronicle reports that Arian Foster somehow has miraculous re- m- miraculously returned to practice. He returned to practice on Thursday. Coach B.O.B. Bill O'Brien told reporters, quote, I wouldn't expect him this week, but you never know. Oh, man, <laughs> please, please. I have Arian Foster in, I think, five leagues. And when he comes back, yes. And I also have Le'Veon Bell in a lot of those leagues, too. So when those two guys come back together. You're going to be loaded. Oh, man. Um, Arian, Giddy up. Arian Foster, do you believe, I mean, look, you returned to practice, but do you leave, believe the reports that he'll be able to play, you know, week three, week four, Alex Gilham? I'm optimistic. Like he's practicing. That's the, that's the biggest indication that he's coming back. When we hear these these blowhardy stories, like the coach is like, "Yeah, he's looking great in rehab. He's working really right. hard." Means nothing. Means if he's absolutely. on the practice field, that's a huge indicator that he's going to come back sometime in the not too distant future. So I'm I'm optimistic. I have Foster in a couple leagues too, and I can't wait. Um, fa- does he return to be a top ten fantasy running back? Yep. I think he's going to get all of the touches. I mean, they're they're changing quarterbacks in week two. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. 
they don't believe in whoever's under center. I mean, like, I, you know, and James, you and I were talking about this, uh, you know, after Fantasy Live one day, and, and you were talking about how, you know, Brian Hoyer's not the answer, and, you know, I can't Ew. believe it. And, I, and then my response to you was, all right, maybe not, but Ryan Mallett couldn't beat out Brian Hoyer in training right. camp. So right. what does that say? Another thing, uh, you know, that, that you have to remember, too, is that this team ran the ball more than any other team in the entire league last year. Okay. Bill O'Brien likes to run it, and they're not going to give Arian Foster some sort of rest for some sort of playoff push. No. He is the guy who's going <laughs> to get them to the playoffs if they're going to get there. So Foster will be the bell cow. I'm okay. going to go on record and disagree with all of you wholeheartedly. I think Arian <laughs> Foster, uh, either they limit him uh, in his return, burning fantasy owners all over the place, and if he does return to a, uh, a full variety of work, um, I, I imagine re-injury is a very serious concern and, again, could leave fantasy owners in the cold. I, I hope it doesn't. I love Arian Foster. I think he's a very interesting dude. Uh, the NFL needs more Arian Fosters because he's such a thoughtful man. But um, in terms of fantasy, I, I, I'm not buying it, man. He's, I'm absolutely not He's too talented it. for me to operate under some auspice of fear like that. They're like, oh, man, he might get re-injured. If, he he if he's healthy and he's starting for the Texans, he's in my lineup. No even doubt if, about it. Even if he gets 15 touches, he's going to do a hell of a lot more with those 15 touches than, than Alfred, Alfred Blue. Blue or Chris Polk would do with 30. <laughs> bang, bang. I think bang, bang, is, chicken and shrimp. I think that is true. But, again, I, I worry about re-injury, and I think his productivity will decline. But, anyways, regardless, we move on. LaShawn McCoy left practice Thursday in Buffalo after uh, re-aggravating his sore hammy. It's an injury that's bothered him all preseason. How worried are you guys about his production Sunday versus the Patriots, a team that just gave up like a bajillion points, uh, rushing yards, to D'Angelo Williams? Uh, very worried because what have we heard about LaShawn McCoy uh, over the last four weeks? Hamstring injury. Toe injury. And uh, then we see him in the first game. Get uh, vultured a, twice. Right, two vultures. And um, he did he did score a 12-yard touchdown that was brought back because of a penalty. But there's been no positives about McCoy for the last month. None. I mean, the only positive we saw was that he actually played last week because we weren't sure. So I am a little worried about McCoy. We all loved him because of the volume, but we all had reservations about him basically – on every other subject when it when it came to McCoy's potential Speaking fantasy value. of volume, 17 carries in week one, 41 yards, less than three yards a carry. So he actually did get a good amount of work, 17 carries for LaShawn McCoy. And, and plus they threw it to him uh, a number of times through the air as well. He had 87 total yards, so he wasn't a – it's not like he was a bust in week one. But, uh, but I tell you what um, – if he added that 12-yard touchdown, he would have had a tremendous day. I don't know if we would be as worried as we are right now, but no, you're right, Fabs. Um, you know, we, we've been worried about the guy. Uh, I remember when the trade went down, I absolutely just hated it for him. Absolutely hated it for him. Um, and it's for all the reasons you mentioned. You know, I don't think he he's a great fit for this quote-unquote ground-and-pound system. But, uh, Wiz, what are your thoughts on LaShawn on Sunday? Again, he, he's taking on a defense that can be had. I'm uh, I'm extremely worried uh, that he's missing practice now. I was worried about him before the season. Even though he was going to get volume, I didn't like it. Uh, I was kind of with you with not being a fit, and the injuries are a concern. And I don't know. If I have other options despite the matchup, I'm probably looking elsewhere because I have a bad feeling. They, they've also talked about how Carlos Williams is going to get more work as well. And if they're yeah, worried they're about they're worried about Shady's hamstring and stuff, 
they're probably not going to say he's going to go on a pitch count or anything, but it might be a case where he and Carlos split close to 50-50, and I don't want any part of that. Yeah, I thought this was a week that I was actually going to get try to get excited about Shady until yeah, the story, until the story yeah. about the hamstring came out. Now I'm back to being concerned again, and, and – uh, I mean, you want to talk about just a guy who has fallen off quickly. I mean, it was, what, two seasons ago that he was the, he was the guy. The last guy. year, <laughs> last year people were drafting at number one overall. Yeah, um, and so it, it is – It is life comes at you fast. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, so Man. I don't know what to do with Just ask anybody who drafted C.J. Anderson. Pretty much. A year after they drafted Monte Ball. Remember when it was fun <laughs> – to draft Broncos running backs. Oh, Clay like, Portis, where have you gone? Yeah, man. Even like Ruben <laughs> Drones, Orlando's Gary, Tatum Bell. Ruben I mean, Drones. I, they all were good, and, and some were great, like Clinton. But now, uh, I'm just venting because I have some games, <laughs> and he's killing me. Sorry, right, there you go. All right, so we go from uh, uh, Buffalo. <laughs> I feel like you just were patting him on the back, like there you go. It's okay. <laughs> I pass. need that. Pat. <laughs> Get it out. I Get it out. <laughs> Let the hate flow. <laughs> uh, no, um, we go from uh, one Buffalo running back to a former Buffalo running back in C.J. Spiller, who was a limited participant in practice Wednesday. Remember, he's coming off that knee scope. Uh, Saints head coach Sean Payton, when asked about his availability versus the Bucks on Sunday, said, quote, we will see dot, dot, dot. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. Uh, the Bucks defense, obviously, not can, great. Can be so, not great. Uh, that's not kind great. of that, 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 that's like saying that ba- that Superman Returns was you know <laughs> not great. It was terrible. Um, I would imagine that uh, Mark Ingram's going to get a, a good amount of work here. Uh, we saw Kyrie Robinson uh, last Sunday as well. I thought he played pretty well. Um, C.J. Spiller. Uh, I imagine it, he's going to be sitting on a lot of benches this week again. No. I don't know. I mean, I think if he plays, if active, I, I would yeah. give him a shot. PPR, you know? flex. I, right. What was crazy about last week is that Mark Ingram had 80 receiving yards. He had, what, yeah. like eight catches? He, he like led 90. the team in targets. He right. had 90 receiving yards. I mean, it was just, it's crazy. I mean, that was supposed to be I – mean, he was supposed to be the running back, and he was supposed to be the, the pounded, you know, between the tackles sort of guy. And then, you know, either C.J. Spiller or maybe Kyrie Robinson or somebody like that was going to be the pass-catching back. Right. Um, that Ingram is going out and getting targeted and catching passes – that changes the whole equation. It's man. good to see that he could do it. It's good to see he could do it, but yeah, it also changes yeah. this whole equation about what the Saints are doing there. Well, doesn't that doesn't that lead you to put C.J. Spiller on the bench even more? No, because remember, they had Kyrie Robinson mixed into that uh, backfield last week where Ingram was the guy, but Ingr- that that's not Ingram's role. I, I really don't think that's going to be Ingram's role. Now we know that if Spiller misses time, which, you know, he tends to miss time, Ingram can come in and catch five, six passes out of the backfield and help you in a PPR league, but... Once Spiller comes back, I, I do think the roles will be redefined where Ingram is, as Marcus said, the guy who's going to be the early down, the gasher, the goal line uh, back, and then you're going to see C.J. Spiller come in and play the Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles, Pierre Thomas role. All right, in Indianapolis, the hotel, T.Y. Hilton, missed practice Thursday. He's still day-to-day and considered a, quote, game-time decision, the dreaded game-time decision. But this is for Monday night, man. Is he worth the risk? Can't play him unless you have Moncrief. Yeah. It's I, somebody asked me this question. They're like, "Should I start Brandon Coleman or like wait and pray with T.Y. Hilton?" I'm like, "I can't. I can never advise the wait and pray strategy because it just hurts so much." If you're like, "Come on, come on, come on," and then Monday comes up and it's inactive, <laughs> or even if he does play and is not 100 percent and he's just kind of like hobbling around out there, right? And, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, ask all those Calvin Johnson owners last year who watched him hobble around as as a decoy for a couple of weeks and just they all tore their hair out. So. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm with these guys. Unless you've got Dante Moncrief, I, I would stay away. Speaking of Monday night, did you see a story on the New York Post? Brandon Marshall says if he had a fantasy football team, he would choose Chris Ivory with his first he round. Keeps, he keeps talking he, him up. I saw every him. week he's on this show. Every week. <laughs> I love it. I know. It's crazy. Uh, he went on to say, quote, I'm shocked that the world really doesn't know about him, <clears throat> except for Alex Gelhar. I'm excited for him, says Brandon Marshall. The Jets play the Colts on Monday. And, oh, by the way, a little uh, NFL history for you. Uh, the last time Marshall played in Lucas Oil there in Indy, he only went to set the single-game record for receptions. 21 catches. Jay Cutler. 200 yards. Two touchdowns. By the way, not Jay Cutler. Not Jay Cutler? The quarterback was? Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton. Wow, okay. Wow. He only completed 29 passes in that game, by the way. 21 of them. To I, remember that. <laughs> I remember that game. I remember that game. Marshall. That is insane. That's what right. There was, there was a time when Orton in Chicago and then Orton in Denver was, like, very viable in fantasy. At what point, I mean, in a game like that, does your secondary just not bear hug Marshall every time he comes off the line of scrimmage? Uh, by the way, so what, what, is, what is that in PPR? So it's 20 for the yards, 21. So it's 41 already just on the catches, and then another, another 12. So 50... 53? I think that's where your math went, yeah. 53 fantasy points? Pretty good, right? That's Insane. not cool, dude. Insane. <laughs> Can you imagine going against that in PPR? You're like, dude, this is not cool. That's, that's when you close the laptop. That's a wrap. You go to the fridge, <laughs> you get a beer, and <laughs> you just watch football. We're going to try again next week. I experienced that, what, two years ago with Jamal wow. Charles against the Raiders. Oh, yeah. 51. Five right, touchdowns. And then right. in... Doug Martin's rookie year, he, I think he had 53 against the Raiders, mm-hmm. and uh, I was playing him that week, too, in one of my leagues. I remember. It's painful. That's crazy stuff. By the way, on the other sideline, it was uh, Peyton Manning, the running back there, the mighty Joe Adai. Joe Adai. If he dies, he dies. Nice. <laughs> um, nice. I stole that from my uh, my fantasy football league. Uh, there's a guy in there who, and it's the mighty A-League, we call it, the A-League. Is uh, there's a manager there who just comes up with these crazy names? I love it. Anyways, we move on. All right, week two matchups that excite us. How about this? Um, and we'll start. I, I don't know. We'll start there in Buffalo. Dion Lewis, an interesting name, certainly. Uh, 120 total yards. Uh, what about the Lashawn McCoy, Carlos Williams, uh, running backfield uh, there in New England as well? Have we kind of beat that one to death? If you guys want to talk about Dion Lewis, let me know. Uh, I mean, Carlos Williams isn't the bad play. I mean, especially if if. McCoy isn't 100% if he's gimpy, if he sits out especially. But, um, you know, if you're if you're really struggling for a running back, if you need a flex maybe, Carlos Williams isn't the bad play. And, and if McCoy sits, yeah. get Carlos Williams into every lineup possible. And honestly, like, forget about name. Last week I had people freaking out about, I'm not starting Benny Cunningham. And look at how well he did. Played well. Sometimes it, it's it's all about opportunities and volume, and a guy doesn't have to be a heck. Sam Congato was the king of this, right? Remember <laughs> Sam, Sam Congato? Congato? You remember wow. him? Of course Sa- I remember him. Remember him? I mean, that was about, what, eight years ago or the, something the like Packers that. Back, Packers back, yeah, it would have been like. He had a stretch where he had more fantasy points. It was like a four-week stretch than Danian Tomlinson. Oh, yeah. Ooh, this guy was the hottest player in the whole league, and I remember, <laughs> I remember there was a week where he was playing the Eagles. They were ridiculously bad against the run. Um, and, and he had a really bad game, and people were like, oh, that's it. And then the next week he came out had a huge game. Yeah, he had like three touchdowns so, against Atlanta right, that so, year. It was sometimes, crazy. Sometimes when you have an opportunity, you make the most of that opportunity. So you guys are dead right. If, if McCoy can't play, if he's playing, then forget Carlos Williams. But if McCoy can't play, Williams becomes a really, really good flex, even though he doesn't have the sexiest name. 
He doesn't. Carlos with a K sounds pretty sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like Co with a K? Well, that's not, uh, no. As for Deion Lewis, you mentioned, though, Co too, uh, this is the kind of game against this defense where he could see a lot of work, too, and a lot of volume about, in the game. But I was about game. to ask you, though. LeGarrette Blunt comes back in, in week two. Uh, Rex Ryan even said, hey, look, I'm not even preparing for Deion Lewis. I'm yeah, preparing for LeGarrette Blunt. Rex. All right? <laughs> he's going he's gonna to stomp and wave his arms around in the media or whatever, but he's preparing for Deion Lewis. Okay. He'd be a fool not to. Deion Lewis – of all the running backs with uh, like his level of touches in week one, Deion Lewis forced the most missed tackles of any running back in the league. It's also the Steelers' secondary, though. So it doesn't matter. Like He still juked everybody True. out of their shoes and broke tackles for a small guy. Uh, he's Especially in PPR, he's a great flex play, and uh, I could be convinced in standard to even throw him out there. Uh, MG, I see a look of disdain on your face. No, no, I, I kind of, I can get down with Deion Lewis. I just, you I'm know. saying he's the best flex play, but like, if you're in a deeper, like 12 or 14 team league, All right. yeah, I just, you know, I, I worry that we're back to Patriots again. Um, <laughs> hashtag Patriots. Bellatrix will be back at it again. That's what I'm worried about, man. You know, but I, look, it goes back to I know you know the franchise said this earlier in the preseason that hey, if there's a running back you trust right now, Deion Lewis might be the guy. That's kind of scary. That's kind of scary. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about Detroit. Uh, we got to talk about fantasy darling Amir Abdullah, man. Yes, love Seven it this carries, week. Seven carries, 50 yards last week, and a touchdown. He also added 44 through the air. I mean, what is not to like about Amir Abdullah nothing, versus nothing. Minnesota? The only thing we don't like is that Drake Bell is still seeing any kind of work in that backfield. I don't mind. Even Theo Riddick is seeing some work. Abdullah should be a guy who's touching the ball 20 times a game. He, he should be. And I'm not talking about him being a featured back to the extent of a Marshall Falk or a LaDainian Tomlinson, you know, spell him every once in a while sure. with, with Bell. But this matchup here against the Vikings, who were absolutely made fools of on Monday Night Football by oh Carlos God. Hyde, great matchup. I don't like Joyke Bell in this game. Uh, he's in a, he's in the sit him category on my column. But Abdullah is a stardom. Can I get in a soapbox real quick? Do it up. Dear Jim Caldwell. Take Amir Abdullah off of punt and kick returns, please, <laughs> for the love of all that is holy. He is like the most talented player on your roster right now. Do not throw him out to the dogs on those. What have I been saying? And soapbox rant. What What have I been saying about Jim Caldwell though? Not a great offensive coach. He doesn't. Not a great offensive. He coach. does have the grandson of one Vincent Lombardi running his offense though. So he's a good offensive coach. Came from New Orleans. All right. Uh, we go from Detroit taking on Minnesota to, uh, as Fabs mentioned, the, the team that just destroyed uh, Minnesota, at least on the ground. How about Carlos Hyde, man? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think it's another good week to start Carlos Hyde. Versus Pittsburgh? I mean, oh. Yeah, I mean, it's another oh good my week gosh. to start Carlos Hyde. One, that offensive line for San Francisco was, they were monsters up front, which surprised a lot of people. And more than that, it looked like the Niners are going back to that power run game. And, and maybe that's what you get when you have a defensive-minded coach like Jim Tom Sula kind of running things there. Maybe they just want to be that power. Because, I, I don't know, I just always have this feeling that, Defensive coaches as head coaches tend to want to just run run the football more. Maybe because they realize that's what wears down a defense. Maybe that, yeah, that's how they go with things. But they were a power run team on Monday night against Minnesota. And they continue to do that. Carlos Hyde, I think, has another big week this week. I don't know why, man. I, I mean, just watching that dude play, I'm just – like I said, if we did a redraft this week and I've got a top four pick, I'm taking Carlos James Hyde. James is infatuated I am Carlos Hyde right all now. about it, man. Carlos Hyde, oh, my gosh. You know who else I like in this matchup, though, is Anquan Bolden. I think he should be able to feast 
against that Pittsburgh secondary in the middle of the field. Right. Mm -hmm. um, right. I mean, Torrey Smith's going to be boomer bust as always. It depends yeah. if he can get his deep shot, but Anquan Bolden could, wouldn't surprise me if he had like eight or ten catches. Torrey doesn't have a good trend uh, historically against Pittsburgh, so yeah, Bolden is the, the better of the two plays there. In PPR especially. I mean, in PPR, Bolden's got a real chance. I mean, you want to talk about daily fantasy? I love uh, a guy like great, Anquan. Yeah, great you're going to be able fantasy. to get him on the cheap, cheap, man. Um, Carlos Hyde, can we get a projection for Carlos Hyde against Pittsburgh's uh, defense? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. I mean, I feel like another 150 total yards is totally within reach. Uh, I was going to say 100 and a touch. I'll say 150 and a touch. Man. I'm going in. James is, James I'm just is in. all in. I'm, I'm going gonna, all in. I was going to give him 110 and two touches. <sighs> yeah. Watch watch him get 12 yards. <laughs> and and the Hayne playing Jared Hayne is the one that rips off all the yards. <laughs> just to spite us on the, the Hayne playing. Uh, bottom line is, uh, I am definitely 100% for sure going to be following that blogger. Oh, my God. He was amazing. He's yeah. incredible. You looked it up after the podcast earlier this and it week, was right? Dope, oh, man. my God. It was so It was good. dope. It was so funny. I, I Like, legit LOLs. Yeah. Oh, no. I was, I was like, crying on my couch reading the live <laughs> blog as I was watching that game. All right. How about ATL taking on uh, the New York Giants? Julio Jones, uh, can he follow up? And I'm sure he will. Nine catches, 141 yards, two touchdowns. I don't know if he gets to those levels again, but, boy. Well, keep uh, tabs keep tabs on his status, first of he's all. He's got a hammy. Yeah, he, with a little hammy. But uh, he's expected to practice I mean, on Friday. Look, are they, so. they going to amputate? <laughs> <laughs> he's well, you know, if he doesn't practice today, then you've got a you've got a concern on your hands there. But I think he will practice today. You know, the player I like in this game that no one's talking about is Eli Manning. I really think I know he wasn't good last week, but Atlanta's defense is not good against the pass. Uh, I don't know if they're good against the run either, but this is a game where I think Eli Manning and daily fantasy could be a steal. And I like both quarterbacks. Yeah. The Giants' defense is banged up. Um, JPP obviously is out for a long time. Uh, uh, at least it seems like it. And this could be a high-scoring game there. Should the, be. You know. Uh, you know what didn't help Eli Lanes. Manning last week too is that his defense scored a bunch, so mm -hmm. it kept him off the field. He didn't have the need to throw a bunch, and also they inexplicably kept throwing to Preston Parker instead of oh my Beckham, which I, I'm going to guess they change. I also like Rashad Jennings in this game a little bit. Yeah. The the Eagles were able to take 100%. it take it to the the Falcons on the ground. I think uh, Jennings, excuse me, is an excellent flex option this week too. Hundred percent agree. I mean, Julio Jones obviously is, is going to. I would imagine he's still going to feast. I mean, you know, they're moving him around all around yeah. the field. I, you know, ATL's defense is improved, but still not great. They've got some holes. Right. Also, uh, speaking of ATL, your boy Tevin Coleman. Oh my god, he'd gosh. be a good start this week as well. Oh my god. We now, now we know who the starter, who the who the, yeah. the bell cow is going to be in that offense. It's Tevin Coleman. It's I like the way Freeman. he's running, man. I was I was impressed because watching him at school, the one knock was that he was the home run guy. He couldn't break tackles or right. make people miss. He actually broke some tackles. That's right. Like draft draft Twitter was like, oh my god, it happened in that game. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good to see. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to break tackles when you're running behind that Indiana uh, Indiana offense. Offensive line. I, like I said, man, the reason I was so big on Tevin Coleman, I'm so upset I didn't get him in that LOL league of mine. Oh, I'm so upset I didn't get him. But uh, but yeah, no, I've been I have him in almost every single format. Now, I know I've overdrafted him for sure in every single league just so I could make sure I get him. But, you know, just that explosiveness. You think about the weapons on the outside. You really can't stack the box. I know he only had what? What do you have? Eighty total yards. Eighty yards on twenty carries. Uh, by the way, so I, I've got him. Uh, what? Uh, I've got him on my March to eleven hundred guy. So eleven hundred total yards by the end of his fifteenth game. So that's the end of week sixteen, I believe. Uh, so the end of week sixteen, just so we could get it on the show. Uh, but yeah, I think he's got a real shot at eleven hundred. Uh, I don't know how many touchdowns he's going to get, but uh, but boy, I, I do like 
Tevin Coleman. I think he's a tremendous fit in that Kyle Shanahan offense. I've been preaching on this guy uh, for way too long. We're going to move on here. But uh, how about the Saints versus Tampa Bay, man? I, I mean, there's got to be some fantasy points to be had there. Brandon Coleman. Start everybody. Is looking, yeah, exactly. Start everybody. Breeze is going to light that team up. Yeah. This should be he a good bounce back game for Cooks, up. too. Cooks will light that team up. The running backs. Uh, I mean, I think you're starting Doug Martin too. Um, the the Saints point. the Saints defense is not great, and they're all banged up. What's so, Mike Evans' status? Does anybody know yet? It looks like it's forget it's going to happen. Forget for him if he this practiced week. or not. I think it's going to happen for him this week, unless he has a setback. Okay. So you you get him into your lineup. Vincent Jackson's uh, a three, especially in PPR leagues. He gets a lot of targets against the Saints historically over the last few years. And um, I'm not playing Jameis Winston, but I will tell you this. I have the Saints defense ranked in the top five this week. They're a frisky play for sure. They at, are a at, nice at home against them. Granted, their their defense has a ton of holes, but but man, you gotta like them as a streaming option this week. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, and Mark 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 Ingram too. He he. I was watching that game on my on my day off, and he he ran really hard. He only got nine carries, and he had nowhere to go against that stout Arizona front. He should have some more holes, and with uh, New Orleans being at home and likely going to get ahead. He could see a lot of carries just salting away a win here. Yeah, I think I think that's the bigger thing because uh, you know if if Jameis is what Jameis was last week, then this one could get out of hand early. If Breeze starts throwing touchdowns all over. Also, there. so far Mike Evans uh, was limited in practice this week. There you go. So he, good sign he could probably play. All right, so um, I see a note here. Uh, this is a uh, Gelhar special. Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Indianapolis. Why? Why? The beard versus the Colts. This is uh, this is more of a, I guess, it's a little more of a DFS play because he's he's okay. a value. But he also he performed pretty well last last week, and they were up the entire game, so he only had like twenty four pass attempts against Cleveland. Um, and he's got he's got his great weapons. If you're in a bigger league or need a you know need a two QB option, Ryan Fitzpatrick, especially because Cromartie might not play. Uh, depends who gets Revis Island, but it's probably going to be Brandon Marshall's lost on Revis Island. But no, that, that would be impossible. It would be Andre Johnson. <laughs> oh, I'm flipped. Sorry, excuse me. I'm, yeah, I was, yeah. I'm totally spun around. I need more coffee this morning. Yeah. But um, Bonte Davis was who I was saying. That's not an there island. You go. That's maybe a, a hotel. Is it a peninsula? <laughs> a peninsula, <laughs> an isthmus, maybe. So uh, Brandon Marshall's probably going to get locked down by Bonte Davis, who erased Sammy Watkins. That was not last cool. Week. That was um, not cool. However, Fitzpatrick- he was a healthy scratch essentially. Yeah, Sammy Watkins. basically. <laughs> uh, Fitzpatrick and Decker could make some noise. They're an interesting stack in DFS. Look, I I'm in a two QB league, and I'm giving Ryan Fitzpatrick a spin this week. Exactly. That that's why Maybe? he's not here. I'm, I'm giving him a spin. This wanted week. wanted to that's go like a little a, deeper. Didn't want to just. You're get looking all our for garbage time. That's like a that's like a danger zone pick. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing too. The Jets are probably not going to win this game. Andrew Luck's going to be angry, so they're going to be trying to catch up. They're going to be slinging it. He could provide some nice value. All what points. What are you guys are, telling me? All points are good points. <laughs> oh. I need to I need to do the Ryan Fitzpatrick pick for my uh, my Danger Zone guy on Sunday. Might be, maybe, might could be. There you go. Uh, by the way, it's the battle of the beards and brains. Uh, Andrew Luck, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Stanford, well, wait a minute. Har- Harvard, which is the brains of those? The two? Harvard versus the Harvard uh, of the West. Well, they both have they beards. both have Harvard. beards. They, they both, both have brains. brains. That's what I'm That's saying. What it's saying. the matchup of the beards and brains, pal. Okay, I thought you said no. versus. No, no, no. beards and brains matchup. Okay. Uh, also, the other Gelhar special on here. I'll get to it before we jump. Is the Danny Woodhead pick? Danny Woodhead got all of the red zone touches for the Chargers yes, in Week did, One. Dude. They trust him there. They have packages there. Yep. In another, what's probably going to be another close game with the Bengals. Uh, he's, Danny Woodhead's probably not going to get two touchdowns again. I would doubt. But 
he could very easily get, you know, 60 to 90 yards and maybe a touchdown. So he's a he's a very solid flex play. I think he's a weekly starter at a flex in standard right now too. Oh, in PPR he's In PPR no doubt. No doubt. But even in flex he's going to get his he's going to get his touchdown. All right, if you have Melvin Gordon and Danny Woodhead on the same fantasy team, oh, you start one. Who do you start? Oh, Woodhead. Come on, it's not even close. Crazy, right? Yeah, Melvin Gordon's not even It's crazy. <clears throat> I don't think he's off season. I don't think he's I don't think he's startable. I, I mean Right now, you consider that Danny Woodhead is getting goal line looks? He's getting goal line looks. We're talking about a 5'6 dude getting goal line looks. Five, is he that short? No, he's 5'8. <laughs> uh, That's what I like to tell people. I'm not 5'6, I'm 5'8. The thing is, Gordon did have that really nice touchdown run called back last week. And if he gets that touchdown, that's another, it was like a 20 some yard run. That's another eight points. We're looking at his, his week total completely differently. Yeah, you're probably right. However,. I still think given the disparity at the running back position and how much of a headache it can be, if somebody's going to be guaranteed to get as many touches as Danny Woodhead, I would rather toss them in at my flex than, you know. I was just, I mean, I was just disturbed by the fact that, you know, they got down there first and goal quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And they give Melvin Gordon zero looks. Zero. Right. And, you know, I I mean, I think the point's been made. I've heard several people make make this point that, you know, Philip Rivers does not suffer fools lightly. And if you're not if you aren't on board, if you don't know what you're doing down there, he doesn't necessarily want you in the huddle or on the field. And I think right now, Melvin Gordon, not to say that he can't pick this up and be that guy, but he's still trying to figure things out. Whereas Danny Woodhead knows what they are doing. And when you get down near the goal line, you need you need six points. I think Philip Rivers would much rather have Danny Woodhead and, in that huddle. Right? And the coaches. Uh, Gordon even said in the offseason, he said when Woodhead came back, he was like, I was like having a football master class in the backfield with him because he was learning so much from Woodhead because Woodhead always knew what was going on and who was coming where and where to pick up the blitz. And that's why Rivers and the coaches slide him in in the important area. Melvin Gordon, man, you got to bench him. You you have to bench I, I just don't see value. Not this for week, Melvin least. Gordon. Not this week. Yeah, Cincinnati's defense is pretty good, too. All right. Uh, any other Gilhar specials? Uh, I think that's about it All for right. now. Let's talk about matchups that scare us here. Uh, Latavius Murray, no doubt, uh, versus Baltimore. Amari Cooper, really, too. Uh, I mean, look, I get it. Derek Carr got hurt in the second quarter. Uh, Amari Cooper's value just I mean, just hit the skids, man. But, um, uh, you know, Derek Cooper, Derek Cooper, Derek Carr, uh, <laughs> I'm combining them already. Uh, no, Derek Carr still recuperating from, from that hand injury. We don't know how much he will play. We hope he plays a heck of a lot for Amari Cooper owners. But Amari Cooper and Latavius Murray just scare the bejesus out of him. Yeah, Cooper well. against Jimmy Smith, that's a tough matchup. Especially Matt and McLoyne might be under center too. Like, Nope, no thanks. And – Murray is not someone I could start uh, unless I have no other options and maybe he's a flex uh, because that that Ravens defense uh, looks Still pretty good. Awesome. I, I know I know Baltimore played Denver last week and we now are seeing that Denver's offensive line is not very good. Right. But they hold they held Anderson and Hillman to next to nothing from a fantasy perspective. So uh, Murray is someone who is a major risk this week. I will say this: Baltimore's defense obviously takes a big step down, though, right? With Terrell Suggs out of there. Uh, I don't know. They had they had a good rotation going already with Suggs and Courtney Upshaw yeah. and Elvis Dumerville. So I think that they're such a good team at drafting and developing, and they just let Haloti Nada go, and they're already still stout in the middle. I'm not too I'm not too concerned about their defense taking a step back, missing Suggs. Because what is isn't Suggs like 33 or something? No, no. I, I get that he's a rotational player at this point, but still an emotional leader in that defense. He's a good, he's a, he's a very good player, but I think their defense will still be all right. Uh, uh, you know, I feel like we've talked about Lata- Latavius Murray, by the way. I, I just I don't know. I felt like you know, we had the, the hype train was going on him early, like at the end of last season and all through the the, the off season. Yeah. But I felt like it started to slow down as we got closer to the regular season. A little People bit. Kind of started to watch this Raider offense, and I think there's still potential there. They're a young group, but 
I don't know. I just I think I'm kind of off. I don't I don't have Latavius Murray on any of my teams this year, and I'm, I think I'm just kind of off him in general at the moment. You have a Raiders starter jacket, but you don't have Latavius. Murray. I don't have a Raiders starter. How jacket. How dare you? That now you're just bringing up bad junior high memories. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I used to have. Bro, you're from Vallejo. Yeah, I, I mean, you're like, I think you're morally obligated right, well, quick, to, to get so one guy. Quick story. Oh, you mean know, get a Raider? I thought you yeah. were about a starter jacket. I oh, don't. well, no. I mean, yes, you're morally obligated to get a Raider starter jacket. Uh, I mean, I've got, I, I mean, I have Derek Carr on a dynasty team. I think I've got Amari Cooper somewhere. Doesn't that count for something? Yes, absolutely. I, I thought you were saying you had no Raiders. No, I just don't have Latavius oh, Murray. Okay. Dude, I used to have that gold Lakers starter jacket. You know, oh, dude, it, it was awesome. That's pretty dope. Where is it? It was that? awesome. Oh, you don't my. have it? Oh, dude, that was a kid. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I, but I did have that one. I remember that one? The real bright one? Absolutely. You wear the, the Magic Johnson Converse with those two? I had the, I, I had the, <laughs> I had the Magic Johnson yeah, Converse. First of all, too. first of all, too. if you guys, you guys know what Fabs oh, looks man, like. Fabs, can, How you, does Fabs, can you get a picture of this? How does a young Michael Fabiano? <laughs> it, it, He's I getting glossed up, man. Are oh, you man. Gold, my mother might a have A gold it. Lakers let's, starter jacket with the Magic Johnson yeah. chucks? Let's, let's send a, a raven to your mother I have, and get her to send us photos. There is a picture of me wearing a Public Enemy shirt at one point, I can't. And that was because I loved, I liked the shirt, and then uh, at that point, they had done that song with Anthrax, Bring the Noise. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, all right, Public Enemy. Yeah, okay, I'll wear the shirt. I can't even begin to picture Michael yeah. Fabiano. This, was, this has been a revealing portion of the podcast. Yeah. Maybe we should get back to some <laughs> matchups that scare us. That, that matchup scares you. Oh, yeah, uh, Fabs yeah. in a Public Enemy shirt. Absolutely, 100%. Good segue. You know Good segue. Uh, yes, I love it. Um, uh, I, will, I will play Latavius Murray not with confidence. But I will play him as an RB2, uh, and only because I've invested so much into Latavia. So I think the Baltimore defense takes a step back. I think Oakland might shake loose a little bit, and I'm hoping Latavius Murray uh, will be the beneficiary, or maybe it will be Amari Cooper. I'm not exactly sure, but we'll see. Anyways, Freddie Morris versus uh, St. Louis, and that's down front seven. Oh, now I was yeah, the one that that is a that's a scary man. I was the one that said last week I was worried about Freddie Morris against the Miami front seven, and he played really well against he them. Played really well, and they gave him the ball. I was so excited to keep, to keep <laughs> seeing little forty six running through the line. But I don't. This is also this is worrisome though. That the front yeah. seven. Uh, St. Louis probably has the best front seven in all of the NFL right now. They still gave up what a hundred total yards to uh, to Marshawn. Yeah, that's that's Marshawn though. Right. That's Marshawn though. Right. <laughs> I've, I've been here. There you go. Yes. yes. <laughs> we got it. I was about to do a manual uh, Marshawn Sounder right there, but no, that's good. Um, yeah, Freddie Morris, any projections for him? Uh, 60 total yards maybe? That sounds about right. I feel like this might be one of those, like, yeah, like 76-yard no touchdown games from Freddie Morris that you get. That's that's nice, but it's not But are great. you deep enough to bench him? No. As probably, probably not. Even as an RB Probably two not. slash no. flex. Probably it's just, not. just it's one of those temper your expectation matchups. I think Woodhead over Freddie Morris. Freddie Morris. Yeah, I'd do that. I'd do that. I would do that I would, too. I would rank them. I would do that too. You know, I I find a way to play both of them. Right. Try. Yeah, potentially. I mean, even in your flex, the Garrett Blunt over Fred Morris. No. Negative. No. I got to see him on the field once more. Uh, it's possible, I... dude. Look, he could totally go for two hundred and two touchdowns. I mean, that's just the way the Patriots. That's the Patriot way. Okay. <laughs> All right. But, I mean, come on. Uh, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, I, I do want to talk about this Sunday night matchup. This is this has got me excited. Packers-Seattle. It's, uh, it's absolutely going to crush in terms of ratings. I'm super interested just to watch it as a football fan. 
but from a fantasy perspective, I know there's a lot of hand-wringing over Aaron Rodgers and, and that wide receiving core as well, and, and plus Eddie but Lacy. Should, you there, play should there be? Well, let me ask Like, you. look what they did last week. Sure. Uh, listen, exactly. I, Benny Cunningham had a really good game, maybe not on the ground, but he caught a lot of passes out of the backfield. 100%. Right. I mean, Nick Foles had almost 20 fantasy points. By the way, i got to take that one on the Benny Cunningham Benny Cunningham thing. Uh, I, I was screaming to the high heavens. Don't play Benny Cunningham. So I'll take that one. I Man. will take. I want to address that. We all got to take the, our lumps. No Cam Chancellor. That defense is not the same. It's not as formidable. They're on sure. the road. I would start Rodgers without any any trepidation at all. I mean, forget no. about it. It's Aaron Rodgers. Lacey, I'm starting him. Yep. Uh, I'm starting Cobb. I don't know how much I love Devontae Adams and James Jones this week. Um they're more threes as far as I'm concerned. But um, I've got real concern. over. I think this could be a high scoring game. I've got real concerns over Devontae Adams, because if he's if they line him up on the Richard Sherman side, which I, I believe they will. That could be a problem. I think they're going to line him up on the Richard Sherman side. Uh, I think he just gets completely shut down. Mm-hmm. This feels like a Randall Cobb game. To uh, me. I would I would actually completely disagree because last week uh, Sherman moved around. He's not doing his side anymore. And he played like 70% of his snaps out of the slot, which could mean they actually put him there to shut down Randall Cobb instead. Ah. They've been they've been moving him around a little bit more. This isn't the same old Richard Sherman that just stays along the left sideline and doesn't move. He played he, he played a lot of his snaps out of the slot, and they could try and erase Cobb. I wonder if this was yeah. a if that's a tricky Pete Carroll maneuver, or you wonder if this is a Cam Chancellor uh, uh, no. band aid, yeah, right sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You wonder because if they they put their best player to help salvage the middle of the field where they have liabilities instead. Yeah. I wouldn't put it beyond Pete Carroll though to use that St. Louis game. Maybe he's using that St. Louis game as as a warm up. Uh, for a Richard Sherman to kind of get ready, he had to have looked forward to the to the Green Bay matchup and said, you know what, we got to get our guys ready for this. And thinking, you know, even if we have a subpar game plan uh, in Week One versus St. Louis, he had to have been relatively confident they could take St. Louis. Uh, so the loss was, uh, you know, obviously uh, a shocker to a lot of folks. But I I I wouldn't put it beyond Pete Carroll that he was using that game to get ready for Green Bay. Maybe. I, I think that this isn't a game to be scared of starting people in, though. Pet, the Packers' defense is a little suspect, and uh, the Seahawks' defense, as Fab said, is a little suspect as well. Plus, the Packers are historically great in Lambeau with yep. Rodgers under center. Like, they at, scored 40 points a game there just about last year. The one thing I will say in behalf of the Packers' defense is that the Seattle offensive line hasn't looked good. The offense throughout the preseason really never got clicking at any point. Right. Um, and, and I think, you know, even with Clay Matthews, you kind of move into that middle linebacker spot. He may still be able to get after the quarterback a little bit. Even that, even if he doesn't, he had a great pick against Jay Cutler last week. So I think, yeah, I, I think there's some reasons to, to maybe trust the Packers' defense a little bit. You know, I, I, I would – I'm super scared of the Packer defense only because historically they have really, really struggled against mobile quarterbacks. I mean, we've seen what I mean, Colin Kaepernick's a Hall of Famer versus the Packers. I mean, it's just insane. But um, which is I mean, if you've seen Colin Kaepernick, you're just it doesn't make sense. But Russell Wilson, obviously a mobile guy as well. I I have some real fears in playing uh, the Packer defense. He but did just throw four interceptions against them at home the last time they played. <laughs> Very good point. And, and were it not for that crazy two-point conversion and other Hail Mary touchdown, he would have. No like, if it was a fantasy game in the regular season, sure, not good. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned as well. So, I think uh, – I think from an offensive standpoint, Wilson, Wilson Lynch, game. Yeah, Wilson Lynch, good starts this week, I think. Um, any concerns for Eddie Lacy? Because, again, uh, that Seattle I, – I look, I know that they've suffered losses, but – that Seattle front seven is still decent. 
Eddie ran pretty well against them the last time they faced off in the championship game, and uh, I think I think he's going to be okay. He might not put up 18 points or whatever he had last week again, but you could get in the 10 to the 15 range in a tough matchup at least. He's too good to bench. Uh, yeah. See, that's, that's well, the other part of it. You're not, not, not going to bench too him. Good, I mean, he's yeah. too good of an offense. I mean, you, you had Benny Cunningham last week score 12 fantasy points against Seattle's defense. I think Eddie Lace is a little bit better than Benny Cunningham. Slightly. Just a bit. Uh, Just by a bit. the way, uh, fantasy hipster loves themselves Allen Robinson. But Allen Robinson does not like fantasy or fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I ask you this: Does he bounce back versus Miami? Uh, it's gonna. He's had a tough go in his first couple weeks. He I don't had, like this. He had though. he had to play against Josh Norman and the great uh, Carolina defense, and they had him run like all the wrong routes. Matt Harmon uh, did a reception perception on him, and he ran way too many go routes. When Robinson is a guy that can get in and out of his breaks quickly, now he's probably gonna get Brent Grimes blanketing him for a whole afternoon. Do not like this year. Don't panic owners if you have them in redraft leagues, but it's just a tough start to this. Yeah, and how about this for a stat? Wide receivers have scored 16 times in Miami's last 17 games. That is ungood. They they are tough against wide receivers. So uh, I I love Allen, and I think he's going to have a good year, but this is not a week to start him. Blake Bortles is calling you all kindergartners for questioning what they are doing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Blake, throw the ball to the right team, and then you can talk. (laughs) The offense. Shots uh, fired. Look, beyond what uh, what Adam Rank would like to believe in Duval, the the offense is not good, man. The offense is just not good. It's a work in progress. Still developing. The Julius injury, I think, really hurt them, not having a a threat over the middle, and now the team's keyed in on Allen Robinson, and then it's just a massive trickle-down effect from there. 100% 100% agree. Frank Gore, uh, I have, again, been cautioning fantasy managers from here to uh, to the ends of the earth. Uh, I, I was worried about Frank Gore coming to the season. Again, age 32, um, and he's got a very tough matchup against the Jets. I don't see him getting back on track. Hey, Co, uh, you know who was my sit of the week at running back last week? Would that be Frank Gore? Yeah, and you know who's my sit of the week this week? Would that be Frank Gore? Yep. <laughs> yep. The, I I don't like him. Not against this matchup. No. The gangrene gave up 5.9 fantasy points to Cleveland's running backs last week. And Gore will get it going at some point, but he's had a really, yeah. really Do bad matchup. trust anybody weeks. on the Indy offense to, uh, you know, outperform uh, maybe their draft position, maybe their expectations? I mean, Mon- uh, Dante Moncrief. Moncrief. Moncrief is a great opportunity this weekend, yeah. uh, as, as long as he doesn't get put on Revis Island. That's, that's a big question. You would think they're going to put him on AJ, but. You, that would be you what would you'd think, think, but Johnson's, Johnson didn't look great last week, and Rex, or not Rex, excuse me, Todd Bowles might be like, let's put Revis on the more dynamic athletic receiver and make the old guy beat us. I would I would think that because of what they have defensively, it's still a great defense. Uh, Todd Bowles, an incredibly smart defensive Great coordinator. Coach. Now uh, he's the coach. So I, I would imagine that they're going to put Revis on, on a guy like Moncrief and try to shorten this game up, right? Because the offense still has trouble scoring the ball. Uh, I know you love Chris Ivory and, and all of that, but the bottom line is they're going to have some trouble scoring the football. Uh, you got to think they want to shorten this game up. And, and to do that, even if A.J. is beating you inside, I think you live with that if, yeah. if you're Todd Bowles. Um, I, I will say this about Frank Gore, though, too. I know it's not a great matchup. I'm not in love with him this week. If In a couple leagues that I have him in, I'm like, he's a flex. I'm not very excited about it. However... He's better than anybody on the Browns roster, regardless of his age. <laughs> and he, the Browns, di- okay. the Browns running game suffered last week too because they had Manziel coughing it up. Right. Gore has Andrew Luck under center. Yeah. All of those things are going to help. It's not going to be a great week for Gore, but does I does Andrew Luck get back on track? I, I think yeah, he does. I think he does. 
in the home opener after taking their taking taking one on the chin like that. In week it's one. funny too. Like he didn't have a good game last week. He still scored almost eighteen points. Right, right. Like, a bad week. I know. And right. also like Frank Frank Gore got used a ton in that game last week to start off, but then he had the cramps and yep. they the game script flew away from them because they were getting blown out. Yep. So all of that went against him. He could have a solid game. I'm still not like I said. I'm not in love with it, but. I'm not, I'm not terribly worried. Should we move on to Daily Daps, or you got another uh, Alex Gelhar special on I this think we uh, hit, week like, two matchups? Well, uh, oh, we had Mariota on here. Uh, like, don't be chasing points from don't last week. Don't chase the points. Don't yeah. chase the points. I tell you what, though, if he does, do it again. If he blows this week, if he blows Cleveland. up this week, then you know, hey, look, let's I talk. Mean, there, <laughs> let's talk. Yeah. Come on, let's get let's there, get spicy. There are with some Mariota. really there are some really funny vines. I feel badly for the Tampa Bay defenders, but there's some really funny vines out there when people were watching the All 22 of them, like just. There's literally one of their middle linebackers ran around in a circle on the play. Like, he was so lost. Nice. On, I think it was Kendall Wright's touchdown. He literally just, like, ran around in a circle, and there goes Kendall Wright. <laughs> That's why we love the Saints. And and Cleveland, too. Like, I don't know that they get enough respect defensively when they're on their home field. They're really tough at home. Uh, maybe, they are. Maybe things aren't as good for them when they're on the road. But uh, 11 touchdown passes allowed and, and 10 picks in their last Eight games on their home field. So. Don't don't forget home is where they sh- kind of shut down Breeze and uh, Big Ben. Last they are year. really good at home. So All right, Mariota is not a good play. Right, let's we, dap it. Yeah, let's dap it up. All right, our daily dap segment. Uh, it's more of like a bi-weekly daps, but bi-weekly daps doesn't sound very good. Doesn't have a ring no. to it. No. <laughs> you know what? I'll kick us off, man. You know, I, I don't know if you, if the listeners have, have seen uh, Dave Damashek's Football Baby. But Football, football Baby ba- awesome. You need to Google Dave Damashek Football Baby. I think it's genius. I think it is absolute genius. I don't know how, what, what, what goes on in the mind of Dave Damashek. That he's able to create this thing. I well, mean, to like to help frame for people, it started last last year because Check had an infant son, and he would just sit him up on the couch with like two signal or two like pieces to represent the teams on the opposite side of him, and whichever way his child fell over because he didn't have he the core sit. strength to yeah. sit upright right. by his own yet. That was who Football Baby decided was going to win the game. <laughs> and Football Baby had a surprisingly Football good Baby record. Football Baby was like 13-3 and three last yeah. year. Or something. <laughs> Football <laughs> Baby was dope last year. I, he started off like 6 or 7-0, and oh, I think, because um, they did a fake like a football life on Football Baby absolutely. after he started out so Which was hot. also genius. Now, however, it's Football Toddler, but it's still funny. Shaq was telling me he's got some uh, some new ways for Football Toddler to make his picks. Oh, but my gosh. It is unbelievable. It's I, it's so funny. I didn't know if he was going to be able to bring it back, but, you know, I've been watching Football Baby now. It, it's Yeah, he brought it back. You studied the Football Baby and, tape? Oh, yeah, dude, he brought it back. <laughs> it's awesome. Go check it out. I absolutely love Football Baby. My daily dap goes to uh, Dave Damashek and Football Baby. Alex Gellhar, how about for yourself? Uh, well, my daily dap, I was thinking I was going to do something pop culture like I usually do, but... Um, I just had the, I had the thought uh, this morning as I was sitting in here getting everything ready to give a daily dap to uh, all the teachers out there and the educators. Like, school year just started again. Sure. Teachers historically don't get enough credit. They don't get enough pay, all that jazz. So, people out there, thank your teachers. If you are a teacher, daily dap to you. You guys crush it. Help, you know, get us all ready for life afterwards. Uh, that surpri- the, the dap surprises me not at all. Uh, coming from Alex Gelhar, uh, a well-read man. Uh, by the way, every single time I look at Gelhar in his free time, the guy's got a book in his hand. So, you know, a, a big reason why I call him the whiz kid from Wisconsin. So there you go. MJ Marcus Grant, what's up? Uh, I'm giving a dap to, I guess, Google. 
Um, I, I know Google's that wasn't, kinda, a, that wasn't a strong I dap guess at all. Google? Well, I, look, you know, every so often Google, they do their doodles and that sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah. maybe you saw this earlier in the week. This was brought to my attention. Because this is the 30th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers, if you go to Google nice. and you, su- you search Super Mario Bros, it brings up the whole little screen. There's a glowing box with a question mark on it. Oh. Turn up your sound. Click on that box 100 times. And you too will get a one up. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah! Is that what you were doing? Marcus Grant and I sit next to each other now, yeah. by the way. And I was h- hearing furious clicking. Yeah. Like, what Boy, is going on? you got a fast finger there, there we Marcus. Were, we were both doing <laughs> it. Wow. It's from my Super Tecmo Bowl days, you know. Just uh, I was like, I don't know what's going on over there, but I don't have time to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. And that's what you were doing. That's what I, I'm, you were getting one up. I am one upping right now. I love getting it. all sorts of coins. It's there great. you go. How about that's for awesome. yourself, Fabs? Uh, speaking of Google. Um, so I'm going to end up moving at some point in the next probably four months, uh, staying in Playa del Rey, which is where I live, Yeah. and uh, talk to the real estate agent because Google is moving into Playa Vista. They've bought a yes. whole lot of land yeah. in Playa Vista, and there is a, uh, there's a complex that they're building right now. It's supposed to be like the Grove okay. sort of. Uh, Google's building Playa- a Grove style? No, 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 no. Google's bought a lot of land over there, and then there is this Grove type oh, of oh, oh, oh. Uh, complex Which, by the way, on. the Grove is a big, it's a giant mall, outdoor right, mall in right. Los Angeles, which is oh, where celebrities go. It's tied, it's tied to a farmer's market. It's the place to see and be seen in Los Angeles. So instead of just looking at renting, I was looking at, well, how much would it cost to buy? And um, a two-bedroom condo, okay, a two-bedroom condo in Playa del Rey, is going Wait. for six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I was going to guess higher than oh that. Oh my I was gonna say god! Higher than that. I was like that sounds like a bargain. They they turn this. Dude. Wait wait hold on. What's the square footage there? It's unreal. It's like, like twelve hundred square feet. It's like a thousand square feet. <laughs> so wait, what are you dapping? Or are you just complaining about real estate in LA? <laughs> I'm complaining about real estate. Well, um, so it's a reverse dap. It's, it's a, a reverse dap. dap. <laughs> I like it. So, it, but it's unbelievable because what can you get for six hundred and fifty grand in Texas? Or Wisconsin? South Carolina, or uh, oh my gosh! I think you can buy Wisconsin for six. <laughs> I'm saying, Close. unreal. Close so I guess uh, my dap was more of a complain. Yeah, that's a reverse complaint. dap. I like it. I was gonna yeah. say though, I was gonna guess even higher because I used to live in Palms, Marcus's hood. Right yeah. now, I moved a little, little outside of it, which is sad. I love Palms. But uh, it's not as nice of an area. It's not as close to the beach as Playa. They turned the apartment complex into mine when I was still living there into two bedroom condos. Yeah. Uh, like four hundred ninety-five thousand was the starting, and they were small. <laughs> in palms. In palms. Wow. Five hundred k for what? Like a thousand square feet? Yeah, about. That's insanity. Yep. And so plus, and I'm sure they're just jam- ramrodding you with HOAs too. Probably. But how I, are we I, talking? I love the fact that we're talking about real estate I, I, I on the fantasy. I think podcast. I'd rather this pay that than live in Arizona and drive to work from there like some people around here That would be a hell of a commute. That would be tough. That would be tough. All right, hey, that's going to do it for us. Uh, (laughs) A very mixed bag here on the NFL. Good daps. I love it. Good daps. All right, for Alex Gelhard, the Whiskey from Wisconsin, MG Marcus Grant, and the Hall of Famer Michael Fabian, I'm James Coe. We're out of here. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.